Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey Renee, what's up with you? How you doing Miss Tam? I am doing fantastic. Same here, same here. The weekend is still going so I don't even know if it's proper to ask you how your weekend is because for once we're recording this podcast immediately, well not immediately, but almost right after the race. Yeah. I do know you went to a baby shower, a co-ed baby shower this weekend. Can you share a little bit about that experience before we jump into some Pocono talk? <laughs> you know what's funny? And, and I don't know if any of our listeners have, have ever done this before, but I'm dating myself here. But Tim, I can't begin to tell you when's the last time I have gone to a baby shower. Because I don't even think when my son was going to be born, I went to a, my own son's baby shower because in those days, baby showers were for women and it was a way for the guys just to be guys, you know, and it was just another reason for the guys to get together. I honestly don't remember when's the last time I've ever gone to a baby shower and it was just weird. I mean, it was nice because some of some friends were there and you got to see everybody and say hello to people you don't normally see all the time. And I just don't remember when's the last time I went to a baby shower where, where and I know it's different now. Times are different. Times are so different from back when my son was born back in 93, 94. But I grew up where baby showers were for women. Does that resonate with you at all? <laughs> yeah, because I honestly think they are for women. However, this new age thing is that they're co-ed. To me, having a man at a baby shower is like having a woman come to your bachelor party. Exactly. Boom. Who does that? I like, know. Really? Exactly. I feel the same way. It is so weird. A woman does come to your bachelor party. So let me retract that. But it's not the woman that you're marrying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's that other woman that comes that may take off a clothing item or two. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. A completely different kind of woman. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the extent of my uh, my weekend. I mean, I didn't go anywhere spectacular, but um, next weekend I'll be in Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Yes. Are you doing some gigs out there? I am doing one gig and then I am uh, heading out to a music festival. Obviously, you know what kind of festival I'm talking about. And it's all You're EDM. going to Lala? No, is it Palooza? It, no, no. Actually, I did want to go to that, but this one is called... Spring Awakening or Summer Awakening, something something like that. I can't remember what the, the exact name of it is, but it's just a lineup of all EDM DJs, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So I will make sure that I tweet and send everybody uh, a video and pictures of where I'm at. Yeah, we have to stay up on hashtag where is Renee next week. Exactly. I myself will be out next week as well. You guys already know I hardly ever do much on the weekends except go to the gym. I was at the gym Saturday and Sunday, bright and early at 6 a.m. And I was actually kicking myself in the butt because I was like, you know, I probably could get to the gym at 5.30 in the morning just because my goal for the rest of the week, I don't go to the gym on Mondays, but for the rest of the week, my goal is to be at the gym at 5.30. And in regards to my weekend plans, 
Next weekend is going to be some horse racing. I will be at the track. I think that's next weekend. Yeah, on the 9th. So I'll be at the track trying to get my best life in terms of betting on the ponies because, hey, Tam likes to bet on the ponies. It is what it is. Yep, there you go. So we'll see how that goes. And I feel like I have something else going on. But for now, that's the one thing that's on my mind. Let's jump into Pocono. How about that Pocono? Should I? Yeah, I mean, before we even talk about how Martin Truex Jr. told Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch to sit down and let him have this one, let me give you guys the top 10 as I do each week. Not that you guys didn't watch the race, but I just like to give you a refresher of the top 10 so you can put everything in perspective as we talk throughout the podcast. So without further ado, our top 10 from Pocono, from the Pocono 400, included Martin Truex Jr. for the win. Kyle Larson was the runner-up. Kyle Busch was third. Kevin Harvick, fourth. Brad Keselowski, fifth. Ryan Newman, sixth. Eric Amarola, seventh. Jimmy Johnson, eighth. Joy Logano, ninth. And Chase Elliott rounded out the top 10. Some notables. Matt Kenseth, who I feel like we haven't said his name since he came back. It was like all this hype, and then it just fizzled out like some flat Sprite. I don't drink soda, so Sprite is the only soda that I can think about, but maybe some flat (laughs) Pepsi or Coca-Cola. I don't know. Okay, so Matt Kenseth came in 13th, and the only other notable worth mentioning is Bubba Wallace, because he led, I believe he led four laps, and he ended up Coming in very last, in the very last place, he was 38. Ouch. Which is a little mind-boggling. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. You know, what's funny, Tam, is um, I think when I look at this race and we see Martin Truex winning it, it almost makes sense of going, well, if it's not Kevin, if it's not Kyle, well, Truex is the only other driver that's won multiple races. And it's like, it, why is it so fitting that Martin Truex Jr. won this race? Well, now he's won multiple races because he only had one win prior to right. Pocono. So now he he's won multiple races. I think you're just having flashbacks of last season when he won all those races. Right, exactly. But uh, my point was is that, and now that he's won multiple races, it just makes it fitting that these three guys just seem to... Uh, obviously have it this year. Kevin Harvick still is kind of like the best driver as of right now and Kyle Busch at a very, very close uh, right behind him. And then it just seems like Martin Truex is just fittingly right there at third behind those two guys. Well, let's face it. He had eight. Hold on. I'm pulling out some facts out of my brain. This is what's really crazy. I say this every week, but you guys already know I write for thedrive.com and I pretty much do a race preview and I do a recap. Each week, those are the two articles you can expect to see from me on thedrive.com. As I prepare to write those articles, I am constantly referring to Racing Reference, the website. I'm also on NASCAR.com. I'm all over the place looking for facts for the most part. Well, that's it. I'm looking for facts. I write my own stories the way I want to write them, but I like to have the facts. I sometimes pull out these numbers out of my head. That's why every week, if I sound like a broken record, our audience is old enough to know what a record is, right? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Okay. Or a scratch CD. I don't know. I was going to say our scratch (laughs) CD because, well, you know what though? Okay, I'm about to go on hashtag Tam's rent. Uh Uh-oh. 
I helped my friend build her website and she is a wardrobe stylist and a costumer. She's actually a Emmy award nominating wardrobe stylist and costumer, you know, Yanis. And she lost some of her photos for her portfolio. And she's a client sometimes, but she's a friend first and foremost. She's actually my birthday twin. I consider her a friend. I hardly ever refer to her as a client because she is my friend first and foremost. But saying all that to say, she wanted me to add some of her photos of Tyra Banks, who's her client, who's also technically one of my clients because one of my other clients has been with her for 12 years and I have managed him for 10 years or so, something like that. But she couldn't find the photos. And so I went to her house and she whipped out these CDs and I was like, oh, so you have the photos on the CDs? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, do you have a CD player? Like, how are we going to get the photos off? And she was like, yeah, that's a good question. And we started laughing because I have a new MacBook Pro and and the new MacBook Pro doesn't have a CD. Yeah, they don't have that CD-ROM anymore. No. And uh, to be honest, it's like the floppy disk. Oh my God, I'm dating myself. So yeah, I'm from the floppy disk era. I went from floppy disk to CD players to external thumb drives, hard drives. And... I had all these floppy disks and I had to like, maybe like three years ago, I was like, okay, it's time to get rid of these because I didn't even know where was I going to go to retrieve the data. Exactly. Back in the day, (laughs) Kinko's computers used to still have a floppy disk, but that's long gone. Like now, and and CD players are, you know, well, CD-ROMs are hard to find as well. (laughs) That was a whole hashtag Tam's rant. I'm going to tell you what I was going to tell you. I'm pulling this out of my brain. As I started to say, forgive me if I'm not 100% correct, but I believe I am. To date, Martin Truex Jr. has eight top fives and eight top 10 finishes. And that's not, well, I shouldn't say to date. Up until the 13th race, he had eight top fives and eight top 10 finishes. And he has been on the pole four times and he had only been to victory lane once Wow! before he secured his win at Pocono. Going to what Renee said, yes, he was kind of like that third guy. In fact, you know what? If you guys watched the press conference after Pocono, one of the guys in the media center, a member of the press, asked Martin Truex Jr. He said something to the effect, do you consider it a big three now? And he was referring to Harvick, Bush, and Truex. And Truex replied, if you want to. Basically, he was like, yeah, you can call us the big three if you want to. And he went on to add some other stuff to that. But he just kind of gave out the facts and was like, besides four races where he had a little bit of drama, he's been in the top five. All his races, except those four races, have been top five finishes. Right. Translation. Hell yeah, I'm part of the big three. He didn't say it. I'm saying it for him. And Harvick wasn't just going to put it out there. I think that's why he said, well, listen, if you guys want to call it that, then if you want to, I'm okay with that, with Harvick kind of coming at it that way. But as we see it, somebody from the outside looking in and actually just from a a non-driver standpoint, and which is why I said it in the beginning, it just makes sense that if it's not Harvick, if it's not Bush, then it's only fitting that it's Martin Truex Jr. No other drivers really, besides these top three, have 
been relevant, to be honest with you. Well, let's not discount Kyle Larson. Right, that is correct. And I know he's been driving really well lately. Yeah, it's safe to say it's the big three, but technically it's a four-man show because it's Harvick, Bush, Larson, and Truex Jr. No, Kyle Larson has yet to win a NASCAR Cup Series race this season. I mean, granted, he's been winning at every other track that he's racing at aside from (laughs) the Cup, the NASCAR (laughs) Cup tracks. Right, right, right. But it's kind of a four-man show. I think it's just a matter of time. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but we're going to Michigan. He's won three races in a row at Michigan. It's bound to happen. My big issue is how does Ryan Blaney sit on the pole and not be in the top five? Granted, he was in sixth place, but I'm just not understanding at this moment it's a whole conversation to be have about the young drivers and I'm going to talk about that or we're going to talk about that in a minute but I do want to talk about Ryan Blaney because Ryan Blaney won his only cup race last season at Pocono he followed that up this year by taking the pole and then he only got a top 10 finish and I say only because it is time for the young guys to shine can I get an amen on that because I feel like I'm preaching. A very A to the men on that. I am in complete agreement with you. And it seems like, you know, when we started talking about at the very beginning of the year when Austin Dillon won the Daytona 500, and I said, wow, I was like, this young guy, here he is. He came out, he won the race. And I wonder if this is going to be like any kind of indication of how this this season is going to start off. Are we going to see a lot of these younger drivers just taking over, start winning on all these races. And you know what? All of these veteran guys said, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. And then Harvick rattles off three in a row. Kyle Busch rattles off three in a row. Then Harvick again. Then Kyle Busch. And then now you have Martin Truex Jr. And it's like none of the young guns are really like making any noise. And it's all the veteran drivers that have been winning races since uh, Austin Dillon won. It's crazy, Tim. Here's the thing. Between Harvick and Busch, they've won nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine races. Nine out of 14 races this season. I'm not mad. And I I have a theory about that. But before I go into my theory about what's going on, I want to get back to Ryan Blaney. Blaney did an interview with CBS Sports and he talked about how he's had fast cars this season and that he believes he has a shot to win. But, but what? He believes he's really close. but. Here's the thing about being really close, but there's a but. You're not winning. Nothing matters at this point except winning. He's had seven top tens this season. And actually, I don't know if that's eight including. Okay, that's one of those facts where I'm a little, the facts are rattling in my head. So he's either had seven or eight top 10 finishes this season. That's not bad because we've only had 14 races. So he's had at least half of his finishes have been top tens, but he has not won. And that's the problem. So it seems like the the young drivers and Larson being one of them, they're driving really well. Hold uh, Okay, I got to interrupt. See, Larson is on that bubble. Technically, we said that he has one more year to be considered a young driver, but I really don't consider him a young driver. But go ahead, finish your point. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. But in the sense of like a, a lot of these other guys that haven't been uh, driving for a very long time, they're they're driving really well. They're finishing in, in really good places, but they're not winning. And it's just like what you just said a few minutes ago. 
it's one thing to be close, and it's another thing to actually win the race. It means everything. Although it doesn't necessarily mean everything because when you go to the point standing, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of the young guys are probably high up there because of, of all the points that they've been racking up. In that sense, if you look at it that way, at least they're racking up points. Here's my theory, and I'm going to just give you guys, okay, I gave you some notables, but I'm going to give you the young guys, the young guns notables from mm-hmm. the race at Pocono. Austin Dillon was in 12. Okay, well, let me back up. Ryan Blaney was in 6. Chase Elliott was in 10th. And we're not going to include Larson, who we know came in second place. Mm-hmm. Austin Dillon was in 12. And he's one of those guys that I'm almost starting to not consider a young guy, even though I know technically he still is. But for, for this argument that I'm about to make, we'll say he's a young guy. Let me retract. Well, let me back up. Ryan Blaney, 6. Chase Elliott was in 10th at Pocono. Austin Dillon came in 12th. William Byron came in 8th. Ty Dillon came in 23rd. Daniel Suarez came in 24th. Bowman came in 27th. Eric Jones came in 29th. And Bubba Wallace came in 38th. And forgive me if I'm forgetting people like maybe a Cole or some other young drivers, but these are the ones that we know are somewhat competitive. Right, right. The other ones that I'm intentionally leaving out they drive junk equipment it is what it is i'm just gonna say it the way it is that's the list you want to know what all those drivers have in common with the exception of two of those drivers that i just mentioned and what is that they all drive chevys oh wow with the exception of three of those drivers all the rest are chevy drivers daniel suarez And Eric Jones drive for Joe Gibbs Racing, so obviously they're Toyota guys. And then Ryan Blaney is a Ford guy. But everybody else is a Chevy guy. Nobody's winning in the Chevy so far. I mean, I think maybe Chevy has made it to victory lane once this year, maybe twice. Yeah. But Chevys aren't doing great. I think you're right. If you really want to put that in perspective, Mr. Seven Time, your boy Jimmy Johnson drives a Chevy. I know. And he's not doing great either. <laughs> so I saw Jimmy Johnson put out a tweet saying, like, look, he goes, We're getting better. I think we're getting right where we want to be. We just gotta take it to an to the next step and the next level, you know, moving forward to the next couple of races. And and I totally agree. It's nice to see Jimmy Johnson starting to be consistent on finishing top 10. And going back to what we said, I think it was the last episode that we did, Jimmy Johnson just has set a bar so high for himself that anything less than probably winning or top three, it, it seems like failure. It, I, I don't know. Does it seem like that to you when it comes to Jimmy Johnson? I don't know. He has to win a race, period, in the discussion there on it him. Is. Like, it's not even making any sense at this point. Now, granted, I know we're only 14 races in, (laughs) but pretty soon we're going to be talking about the playoffs on this podcast. Yeah, playoffs. And it's approaching quickly. In actuality, I think we only have one or two more races before NBC comes in, and we're going to be all things Dale Jr. because we'll be seeing Dale Jr. on NBC. But it'll also be time for the playoffs. He has to win. 
And just one little added note to the whole Chevy situation, Chevy is just not doing well, period, in the discussion. I'm not sure if you are aware. I know you don't really follow IndyCar that much, but like most race fans, you kind of peep in here and there. But the Chevy pace car for the Grand Prix in Detroit got into an accident. Yeah, wow. It wasn't serious, but... And looking back at it for what it is, All these young drivers are in Chevys and they're having issues. And here's something that's kind of a post-it note to kind of put in the back of your brain. Chevy is new car this season. It doesn't necessarily, for the young guys, okay, with Ford, for instance, there wasn't any change this season. Kevin is in that old thing. You know how to work that old thing. But then you can look at Toyota. Kyle Busch is in Toyota, who also made some changes for this season, but he's learned how to work that. So I can't really say that the young guys are at a disadvantage or at an advantage because they haven't been in the Chevys long enough to kind of know that there's a difference, but just long enough to know. Right. If that makes sense. No, totally makes sense. I totally understand. I can't make any excuses because I've rattled off. What is that out of the young drivers? And we're going to exclude Larson, Ryan, Elliot, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez. So that's nine young guys. Yeah. You're telling me not a one of those nine guys can win? Like your odds of winning are one in nine. I don't know. Wait, was that make, is that statistically correct what I just said? <laughs> well, okay. Get, you guys understand what I'm saying. It's nine drivers. One of those nine should have won a race by now. But maybe it is just the big three with, you know, the fourth man option being Larson. Big three being Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick. Who knows? Wow. Okay. I can go on and on. In fact, we should probably call this episode, is it still a veterans race or something to that effect? I don't know. Yeah. Because I feel like that's all we talked about. Remember, (laughs) that used to be my topic. I used to love talking about the vets. Okay, on that note, bring Greg Biffle back. Hell. Yeah, no kidding. Let's bring the Biff. Look, at this point, I've already come to the conclusion Carl Edwards is not coming back. Right. I've refused to believe that Matt Kenseth wasn't coming back and he came back, but I I think it's a wrap for, yeah, for I Cousin know. Carl. <laughs> if it was one driver that I said that would be back on the racetrack, I knew it was going to be Kenseth before it was going to be Biffle or, or Carl Edwards, but um, so that played out in the way that I thought it would, but I mean, if, if either one of those two came back, I think it would be Carl Edwards, but I think it's a wrap. I think you can close the book on those two. Well, I guess we can just move right along to the fan comment of the week. Let's do it. And some predictions. Let's see. I'm just going to randomly pull a fan comment from Twitter because we haven't done our NASCAR talk. Random comment. I'm going to pull a comment from 88 Impala john on twitter and again his user is 88 impala most of you guys don't know anything about the 88 impala maybe some of you guys do but he says that i think you were a little rough on pocono it gets singled out due to its uniqueness while other tracks that aren't necessarily conducive to great racing get tossed into the same 1.5 mile pot without being spotlighted for direct criticism. 
And that was actually a comment in reference to an article posted on jeffgluck.com where he breaks down his thoughts on Martin Truex Jr., the title pitcher, and racing at Pocono. That was really random. Do you agree with him, Renee? Well, uh, go back and, and repeat what he actually said. Let, repeat it again because I want to make sure that I answer this correctly. Renee, I'm going to repeat it one more time for you. Impala, 88 Impala. You know what I just thought about it? That's a reference to Dell Jr. I was thinking 88 Impala, the car, but I also think that, you know, I was thinking 88 the year Impala, but that is a reference to Dell Jr. I'm almost positive. In fact, yeah, I'm positive. Okay, so he says, I think you were a little rough on Pocono. It gets singled out due to its uniqueness, while other tracks that aren't necessarily conducive to great racing get tossed into the same 1.5 mile pot without being spotlighted for direct criticism. I'm not sure how to uh, respond to that, but uh, I guess I don't know. Um, I don't even know if I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Damn, I don't okay. know. I don't really know. I don't have an answer for that. It's, it's a, I don't, I'm actually at a loss of words for once, which is amazing because uh, normally I do have something to say. I don't really know if I know how to respond to that that particular comment. Well, I'll put this in perspective. It was written that today's 11 lead changes in race are fewest in a Pocono race since July 1998. And that was posted on Twitter by Jay Ski. And if you guys aren't familiar, that's Jay Ski from ESPN. Maybe that puts it in perspective. It just seems to me that we have a couple of drivers that are dominating. Pocono is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is when it comes to Pocono. You're right. Let me add this. NASCAR tries something a little bit different with the Xfinity series. They race with restrictor plates. They basically use the all-star package at Pocono, which Pocono is already a slow track. Right, it is. Again, this is me pulling facts from my head. I believe the average speed for the race at Pocono, the cup race that is, was 140 miles an hour. It's already slow. And then the Xfinity series was racing with restrictor plates. Pocono is uniquely shaped. That's why it's the tricky triangle. You have the tunnel turn, turn two. It is what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Was it some good racing? I don't know. I just want Ricky Bobby go fast. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I don't even want to continue to go down that rabbit hole because people it's like restrictor plate racing you either love it or you hate it yeah you either love super speedways or you hate it (laughs) just so happened we're going to michigan so for all the slowness that we saw at poconos and it wasn't that it was that slow it's not like it's a road course or anything but We'll make up for it at Michigan. Will we break? You got it right. Will we break Jeff Gordon's 2014 record of, I think he went 200? Hold on. Again, I'm pulling facts out of my head. Forgive me, you guys. Sometimes this stuff just really rattles in my head. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm quoting correctly. But yeah, he went 206, almost 207 miles per hour in Michigan during qualifying in 2014. I don't think we're going to see a car go that fast at Michigan, but we should see some faster cars. Let's hope we see some faster cars. I guess it's time for some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee? Yeah, there we go. And Tam, we are at Michigan, just like you said. I'm going to keep on 
my trend of, of what I've, I've been doing with my picks lately. And only because until I start to see some different drivers start winning, I'm going to look for Kevin Harvick to win Michigan. I think Kevin Harvick is just in a zone. No more than Kyle Busch is, I will say that. But I see Harvick winning Michigan. If I had to pick an alternative pick, I wouldn't even be surprised, Tam. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I wouldn't be surprised if Martin Truex wins again. If I don't see Harvick taking the checkered flag, I can see Martin Truex Jr. taking the checkered flag as well. I think Kyle Busch may be coming in like maybe third, fourth. He'll, he'll probably finish top five, maybe. But those are my picks, Tam, and I'm sticking to them. And that's just what I'm going to stick with. Renee sticks to his picks like he sticks to his Houston Rockets and his Astros. You better know it. <laughs> Win, lose, or draw, he's down. You better know it. <laughs> okay, history time. Past 10 winners at Michigan International Speedway include 2008, Dale Jr. 2009, Mark Martin took the checker flag. 2010, Denny Hamlin. 2011, it was Denny Hamlin as well. 2012, Dale Jr. 2013, Greg Biffle. The Biff. 2014, Jimmy Johnson. 2015, Kurt Busch. 2016, Joy Logano. And 2017, Kyle Larson and we race twice a year at Michigan and those names that I just read of those drivers those are the drivers that won the first race of the season at Michigan I guess it's safe to say the June race those are the winners from the June races at Michigan something worth noting Kyle Larson has won the last three cup races at Michigan. And when I mean the last three, he won the last two races in 2017. And he won the last race at Michigan in 2016. Hey, can he win again? I don't know. But (laughs) while you ponder, if you want to pick him, I'm going to give you guys some more notables from Michigan. Denny Hamlin is a two-time cup winner and he has won an Xfinity race at Michigan. Since we're talking about Kyle Busch, or since we have talked about Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch has only won one cup race there. We already have established he's won at every single track that he's ever attempted a cup race at. I don't even know if we need to include him in the notables moving forward. Just know that he's won a race at every track. Right. But he's only won once at Michigan in the cup series, and he's won two Xfinity races. I'm not saying that Kyle Busch, you can't bank on him to win at tracks that are fast, say like a Daytona or at Talladega, because obviously he has won at those tracks. But worth noting, he's never won the Daytona 500. Ah. And when you put it in perspective, Kyle Busch usually has won at least five Xfinity races <laughs> at every track. He's only won God. two Xfinity races at Michigan. Other notables really quick, Ryan Newman has actually won two cup races and two Xfinity races at Michigan. Matt Kenseth, my man, is a three-time cup winner at Michigan. And Joey Logano, just because I feel like mentioning his name, is a two-time winner at Michigan. Without further ado, because I know you guys want to know who I got, I'm going with my main man, Kevin Harvick, again. For the win. And I'm going with Kyle Larson as my alternative to win his first cup race of the season and to make it four in a row at Michigan. Wow. I really want to go with Denny Hamlin, but I'm just going to stick with Kyle Busch. <laughs> you know what? I had a feeling that you were going to want to go with Denny Hamlin. 
I could just tell by the way you were talking, Tam. I'm going, she got to go with Denny Hamlin. And then you did it. You went with Harvard. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> she surprised me. <laughs> well, those are my picks, and I'm down with them. <laughs> those are Tam's picks. And those are my picks, you guys. And if you have your picks, please let us know. Hit us up on our social media. Listen, I want to tell all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to search for All Turns No Breaks on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone or Google Play if you are an Android. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of All Turns No Breaks. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. If you have friends that love NASCAR, make sure to turn them on to All Turns No Breaks. Tell at least two friends to subscribe to All Turns No Breaks. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram across the board at Turns No Breaks. Make sure to follow us, you guys. If you want NASCAR news directly in your email inbox, head over to our website, allturnsnobreaks.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Tam is always on top of it. She'll make sure you get it. For Tam and myself, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking NASCAR each and every week with you, and especially next week. Next week. Booyah! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That was fantastic. I love that. Booyah! <laughs> oh, God, that was a good one. I like the way you ended that. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 